Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Match Ball. Hello there, and welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. They will do you 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, and they might even do a little bit of injury uh, workplace stuff if you've been kicked around, let's say, a field somewhere in Lancashire, because that wasn't very pretty today, was it? I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And so is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. An industrial game, a rather industrial game that was hard to love. A game that only a mother could love, maybe, that one. Can Ashley Barnes use them for injury to feeling? I believe he's he seemed very upset, didn't he, for the majority of that game. For the majority of his career, he seems to have been a bit cross about something. But Burnley's whole modus operandi seems to be to boot the shit out of the opposition and then moan a lot when you go down. As you, you pointed this out in an article last year, wasn't it, um, Moscow? And then also to really whinge when you remotely touch them and roll around a lot. Yeah, it was much better last year because we beat them 4-0. So that felt like the... Uh... The big advantage. Do we take a point and just move on from it, or is this a, is this a a crisis building? Let's buy six players. That's what I say. Sack Bielsa. That's the other thing. If you can't handle English football tactics, then I don't know what we're doing by uh, keeping him in a job apart I mean, from wasting our time. We were kind of screwed over by COVID on this one as well because we've had to make changes. Which, as with every change, it means Stuart Dallas has to move because. That seems to be his role in the squad, doesn't it? That he has to be the person who shuffles about to make way for a new formation or a team change or anything like that. So, I mean, presumably they're going to be out for another week or two at least. So, we'll see. It, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a bit sketchy, isn't it, when you've got such a, a, a thin squad. Have we uh, have we done enough in the transfer market is going to be the question that ends up getting asked off the back of this this week. What do you think? Have we done enough? Or are we short? We look a bit short. I mean... Looking at the bench today, it was back to the kind of old way of having children on there, wasn't it? It was, mm. you know, McCarran and Somerville and Gelhart and people who we've not actually seen before, whereas it felt a little bit like last year with people like Cock and Rodrigo coming in. We were maybe going to get to that stage where we had some more experienced old pros on there, which um, didn't quite happen. Let's talk football. Or do we want to talk MMA? Would that make more sense? Because uh, they elbowed us. I've just, I'm, my notes in the first half are elbow, push, Karate kick and uh, Paddy Bamford discussed it as being like jujitsu. Uh, it said Tarkovsky tried to do jujitsu on him, which, by the way, I've pulled up the definition of uh, of jujitsu, and it is it's a family of martial arts and a system of close combat, unarmed or with a minor weapon that can be used in a defensive or offensive manner to kill or subdue one or more weaponless or armed uh, and armored opponents. Was it kill or subdue? Do you think there? <laughs> I, th- I think there were potentially two red cards in the first half for them. There was the the one that 
um, Barnes did on Dallas, which was very reckless. He was he was fully in the air when he did it mm. that one. And then there was was it me as well? Did one I can't you? remember. <laughs> hey, I will not let that joke lie. By the way, so be careful which defenders you talk about. Just stick to Tchaikovsky because there's, there's no jokes about the way he conducted himself. <laughs> I know Tchaikovsky wasn't a conductor. It's, that doesn't even work either. Anyway, you did what? To who? I can't remember now. They were just, they were not very nice, were they? But I mean, it, I don't want to, I don't want to concentrate too much on how annoying Burnley were because... Of course it, we do. It was did, the well, story did, of the match. But they didn't, we didn't really cause many problems, did we? Because until, we get, well, how do you cause problems when, you know, they keep kicking you so hard? Mm, that was true. It, it suited them, did the game. I noticed... We saw, we kind of started all right. Then I think it was I made a note that between eighteen and twenty eight minutes there was basically no football played. That was the bit when Urente and Wood were involved, like tussling with each other on a corner, and then it just felt like there was ten minutes of the referee stopping the game and waiting for free kicks, and that did suit Burnley. I'm sure that's that's the game they want to get into, and it, I think it was telling as well that when we equalised, they didn't divert from the time wasting whatsoever. They just were like, well, okay, we'll stick with this. A points. A point is something we're happy with. So, whereas you got the, the impression we were definitely trying to push for the win at the end. What do you make of the referee? How did he referee that? Do you think he was it was too light touch, too heavy touch, somewhere in between? It felt like he had a very broad definition of what a yellow card was. I thought he was. I thought he probably did just about all right. If he maybe let them get away with a, a touch too much, I would say. I mean, it's a it's a different season, and they have said they're going to do things differently this season in terms of the levels of contact and stuff that they're going to allow, but. It feels like people were getting sent off for some of those things last year, like when people are completely out of control and, and in the air. I think Barnes maybe got away with it slightly because Dallas landed on top of him, which looked a bit sore. But I mean, that's not that doesn't mean he's allowed to kick him in the first place. I mean, you don't want... It's funny, isn't it? You don't want to see those tackles going in the first place, uh, but you also don't want to see red cards for tackles going in. It's just trying to find that balance, isn't it? Would you have sent him off for that? I mean, I would, yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also aware that I'm not... Um, a very neutral man. Yeah, I don't think it's even about whether something would have been a red card last season. It's about if you're flying through somebody after off, it was offside, wasn't it? So the ball had basically mm. gone dead. The referee's blown his whistle and you're still with both feet off the ground flying through um, an opponent. That's not something that's kind of, oh, we're, we're letting a few things go this season. We're, we're being a little bit more relaxed. We want it to be a bit more physical and um, allow a bit more contact. There's a there's a difference, and I think um, Ashley Barnes was the uh, the wrong side of that difference, and I would have um, happily seen him sent off for it because I don't like him. He's a complete bellend, <laughs> must be said. Like the the amount of physical stuff he feels he should be able to get away with versus the amount of physical stuff that he feels should be allowed to happen to him. He's, there is such a wide gulf between those because I feel like in the in the old days it was a there's a, you kind of get a traditional centre forward who will give as good as he gets. And Barnes is part Cristiano Ronaldo and part Lee Chapman in that respect. Like he, he's quite happy to <laughs> chuck elbows around and stuff, but woe betide anyone who goes near him and he's like, he becomes a, such a, a tearful man if he feels like he's been uh, mistreated. But then we saw Dyke chat as well. You know, when Calvin uh, did that one in the first half, the one I think he got away with on, I'm just having a look, it was 17 minutes or thereabouts where he stood on his foot and he went over and apologised eventually. I thought uh, he got booked for that one. Did he? Was that, I he thought did. he got booked. Oh, was it that one? I thought it was the second one. That he did got he get booked, booked for. for that? What was his second one? I don't know. He I got think booked he, in he the end. got away with that one, but then it was the the nothing tackle that was very similar. I think where he caught him on the ankle later yeah. on. But That's um, right. I was just going to say because you saw on the replays of that the super slow mo Deitch up in arms off the uh, off the bench. 
complaining about what was a, you know, it's one of those things that just happens. It's the Deutsche way. Burnley want it both ways. They want to be able to kick you, um, but they don't want anything to happen to them. I suppose that's true of every team, but most most teams don't set out to make it that physical. And it's I think that's one of the things that makes it so annoying is if you can have a, a good physical battle with both teams kind of um, putting in hard challenges and enjoying it. Bamford was saying in his post-match that he he, he quite enjoys a fight. Um, he said in the, lowest, the least convincing manner possible. Um, I don't know if Yerry Mina and uh, Tarkovsky want to sort of double up on him and see if he <laughs> likes it then. But yeah, if, if everybody's up for it, then it's fine. But Burnley will try and make it a fight and then whinge about it being a fight. And it's that attempt to have it both ways that makes them kind of uniquely annoying amongst teams of that ilk. Is that how you'd describe them then, as annoying? It was annoying, wasn't it? A bit of a frustrating game. But I'm, I'm like you, actually, Michael, just to go back to something you said. I don't like us with three at the back. We're never as effective ever when we play that formation. I think I'd be more annoyed about Burnley had we won, weirdly. But as it is, I feel a little bit sad and worried. <laughs> so about I, Burnley the town? Well, I mean, that's a, that's been a long... The Burnley fans, actually, when we saw glimpses of them towards the end sky trying desperately to pick out it's a family club in the sense that that one family from burnley populated the entire stadium etc tight gene pool yes there's um there's definitely an argument for people um leaving burnley i think after after the the crowd shots yeah i don't know i just feel a bit worried about a number of things now and my um what are you worried about Relegation, list list. Rele- relegation is the is more or less the, the be all and end all I mean, of, you, of my worries you can't skirt around the fact that we've got two points Yes, yeah. that's, that's the the naked truth here. Two isn't points it? more than Arsenal. I mean, is, we're always yeah. relying on the being three teams worse than us in the the league, and I think all of them are Arsenal at the moment, so that's helpful. But I I do share your concerns, Michael. Perhaps not as uh, as real and as vivid, but I just I just don't think we've done enough in the market. I think we have genuinely stood still, which is why I asked the question before: Have we done enough in the market? I don't think we have, and we have demonstrably stood still. And we've got some good players in our team. But I don't think we've got enough match winners because I think, you know, Rodrigo, we're kind of stuck with him, whether we like it or not. He's got to produce it or you do. nobody does, doesn't he? I mean, we've got Rafa and we've got uh, Jackie on the wings. But what I mean is somebody else around him, because if, if he's not firing and he seems to not fire more often than not, what do we do? I do wonder if, I mean, presumably not, but I do wonder if someone rang up and asked about Rodrigo tomorrow, if we might think, hmm, yeah, we don't really have anywhere to play him. I mean, we, I suppose we do have somewhere to play him when once Bamford is injured which at some point he presumably will be but until then like I, I just don't want him playing in that position he, he doesn't seem to know what he's doing he, he occasionally he seems to occasionally switch on when there's some attacking play and, he's, and he's, you can see him running forward and he, he'll do some good movement and things but just generally speaking when they have the ball and when we have the ball deeper he's just He's just a complete passenger, and I don't think we can afford to have him in the team playing that position. He wasn't there for a scrap today, was he? I mean, that was a scrap. There's no two ways about it. And uh, there's just those moments where, he, well, you can say he just doesn't have the physicality, does he? He just doesn't have the will to fight and put your leg in, whereas maybe Calvin Phillips, for example, does and will occasionally leave a foot in. And But, you know, Burnley were going over the ball all the time and leaving feet in everywhere, and that's just not Rodrigo's game. And so there were the occasional glimpses of, of nice stuff when he... Um, when he got involved, but it was so rare, wasn't it? Because it wasn't the sort of game where we, we got anything going, really. Was it just a symptom of the game? Or is he completely shot and we've wasted all that money? Well, yeah, there's two ways you can look at what you're talking about. I mean, Bamford wasn't particularly involved because it wasn't a day when your forward players are 
being given space and time to do what they want as soon as they try to get the ball. I mean, what position does Ashley Barnes actually play? Striker. Right, and he's, you know, going two-footed through our um, left back in their penalty area. There's not um, an area of the pitch that Burnley leave free of a really bad tackle. Hmm. And so Bamford's in a battle, Rodrigo's in a battle. I know Bamford ended up with his, you know, his tapping from two yards, but and he seems to enjoy going up against Tchaikovsky. I can never pronounce his actual name, so let's call him Tchaikovsky. It's ignorant and I apologise, but not to him because I don't like him. Um, but you couldn't really say that he got the better of that physical battle either. I thought Harrison kept getting um, bullied off the ball by Loughton, was really struggling to, to get past him um, up until the last 20 minutes or so when um, Shackleton came on and we started going at them more. So is it that Rodrigo um, can't do anything good ever or is it that that's just a game that didn't suit him because there's no space or time for him to do anything but then that really shouldn't have been the case against Crew when he didn't do a right lot either. So I don't know. I tend to, I did enjoy, admire when he took the um, the pass. I think it was, hmm, might have been Luke Ayling. It could have been one of the other Leeds United players played a nice crossfield pass and he took it, span, nice ball to put Jackie clear. That was good. It's there. It is possible. Um, I don't know if it's uh, what Bielsa seems to be hinting in his press conference this week that he needs continuity and, you know, he, he cannot do anything more. He just needs to play more often. And, and he got, you know, he was um, one of our best players against Burnley last year when they tried to do exactly the same thing. And so, trying to account for the difference between a 4-0 win against Burnley at Turf Moor last year, not even a year ago, we're talking mm, months, April, months, a few months. Yeah. Um, he came on as a striker in that now. game though, didn't he? I think. Yeah, Bamford yeah. went off. So When the game was getting stretched as well and there was nothing at stake. I thought when Roberts came on, and I know Roberts was one of those, we feels like we have to have a discussion about whether Roberts is good every single week, but when he came on, he was just so much more involved. Like he was actually dropping deep and making people move around the pitch it feels like Rodrigo sta- he kind of sits behind Bamford and doesn't well did you not well there was a point particularly the cause any problems when I said to you two like what's Rodrigo doing back there because it seemed wrong because he was dropping really really deep and you said trying to not get himself substituted he's trying to get involved I think for some reason Rodrigo does move around a lot but he seems to move around off the ball and not get the ball so he's creating space for others I hope but then when Tyler Roberts comes on he moves around a lot and gets the ball and starts beating people and taking them on and I would, you know, for all my, I'm defending them both equally, but I would drop Rodrigo and try Roberts there for the next game. But unless this idea that, because um, that was the other reason Bielsa gave for playing Harrison against Crew was not, um, he demolished that idea that we had a, you know, we had a strong lineup because we want to win the Carabao Cup. He then went through the list of like, who needs minutes, whose fitness is important, who needs this, who's that. And then with Harrison, he said, and he's a player who benefits from being in the team every time. And he benefits from playing so often. If that's what's going to get the best out of Rodrigo, which we didn't really get last year, is a long period of time playing in that position until he gets the hang of it, then maybe we just have to suck it up until he he gets the hang of it and then he'll be 36 and retired. <laughs> I think that's the problem is how long you wait because... <laughs> There was that feeling of, well, he was always in and out last year. He had loads of injuries, maybe a full Bielsa pre-season. And he'll, he's going to come back strong. 
And what he actually did was come back with a really meek half a game at Old Trafford to then be dropped to then have another pretty pathetic... 60 minutes. Yeah, he was injured. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Do you, know, do you know the truth of this is? He's a centre forward, isn't he? He's a number nine, and no matter how hard we try to make him into a midfielder, he's not a midfielder. Drop Bamford then? No. <laughs> not going to do that. Let's talk about Patrick Bamford, because he's been given an England call-up, and he scored his first goal today. In fact, should we deal with that? Because the goals were both equally scrappy and very befitting of the occasion. Do we want to talk about the two goals and the two number nines? I want to see Roy Keane blaming Nick Pope for their goal, the way he was blaming Melier. For theirs. Robbie Keane. It was not Roy Keane. It was Roy Keane first. Was although it? they have similar accents, but I'm sure it was Roy Keane um, was blaming Melier. One of the Keane twins, anyway, was doing One it. One of the Keane both, twins. Both, both of them. Uh, yeah, so there goes. Let's, let's do their goal first then. And Chris Wood scored and enjoyed it. Anyway, it seemed like he did. Uh, yeah, what happened to not celebrating against your former club? We, well, we were the making of him. He was nothing but a, a Leicester reject. Poor form, wasn't it? Anyway, the um, that goal, do you think it was coming? When they scored. Well, I said when we were watching it together, they will score from a corner because it felt like they were getting fairly close every time. In fact, Pam Bamford, the nearest he had come to a goal before his actual goal was him heading against our post, wasn't it, With, in the, from a corner. <sighs> I mean, And then it, as he broke, he was brutally assaulted on halfway, but carry on. He was. I mean, they, they were trying to blame Melier for it. I mean, Melier also made an absolutely amazing save. That fingertips onto about the bar, yeah, yeah. 10 seconds before, but I, I don't know. I don't know enough about goalkeeping to necessarily... Judge whoa, him. Whoa, 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 hang on a second. Well, well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Don't you start undermining your own credentials. Don't talk yourself it's just down. Not my, it's not my specialist area, as I'm right. saying. I know you're, you're not, a very, very good coach. I know the basics about keeping out the net and stuff and, and also kicking it up the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to do that. <laughs> Kick one. it away from the net as opposed yeah, to in yeah. the net. Yeah. But it looked to me like he, they were sort of saying that he needed to react to it, but Chris Wood was stood in front of him. And if he'd have waited for that and Chris Wood hadn't touched it, the ball would have already gone in from the first shot oh, so yes. it's, it's split seconds isn't it and a keeper is trained to you know th- literally think on his feet and react to stuff as it happens and already be diving the right way when it's unleashed because that's how you save stuff that's dead far over don't know if you've heard I mean you'll know that Michael obviously I know that yeah um, so it's just one of those things isn't it you see the ball going one way you started to move and then Chris Wood got his big toenail onto it and just did enough to divert it the other way didn't he? they were very in a very subtle sort of way, they were bullying Melier all day. They kept just standing in front of him and things in a way that didn't look like a foul, but actually was. And there was one there was one of the ones where Ashley Barnes managed to hold his shirt as well. But he did it in a really sneaky way. He got really close to him and just sort of just held the right like the behind his armpits. So there was not any outstretched shirt or or arm arm's length kind of holding his shirt. It was just like a, a very close little wrestling hold that he had him in. So they, they were doing stuff like that to him all day as well, but I, I thought he was fine, Melia, and I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him for that goal whatsoever. Would no, you? no, when Wood redirects it, he is what six inches in front of him. But the, the idea, um, and it, what was being said by whichever of the Keens was, he's got to react. Like if you're already going one way and the the ball is diverted six inches in front of you, I don't know what kind of reactions either of this Keen. Thinks I mean, I mean, he did, a person he, can he did, have. He did react actually because he stuck his leg on it. He tried to get his leg just jutted out, didn't he? So he did yeah. whatever he could within, you know, within reason. We say. Seems if it was absurd that he hadn't extended his entire body to be to match the width of the goal. Um, but no, it was just. I mean, the bigger you want to blame somebody. Um, how many players did we have in the penalty area who didn't clear it after he had saved um, or the crossbar had helped him? There was. You know, it felt like there were enough opportunities there. Two shots came in, and we didn't get it clear before um, one of them's been diverted into the net. So 
there's enough other people around who could have done something about it rather than yeah. waiting for Melier to make a split second reaction stop. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, last line of defense his, stuff, isn't uh, it? Yeah. His physical capabilities. Yeah, we should have had it of any human. long since clear before that. I, I agree. Uh, so it was quite hilarious when we equalized in a similar sort of fashion, really, wasn't it? When it pinged through uh, a, lot of, a load of bodies off the foot of Jamie Shackleton and, and a brilliant number nine, England number nine finish from Paddy Bamford. I mean, our goal did have a moment of beauty in it where Charlie Taylor was completely mm. left on his arse by Rafinha. That that was worth seeing. I love, that's my favourite part of the replays. My favourite parts are Charlie Taylor. Well, they're both Rafinha related. Is um, Rafinha doing a full uh, Gary Cahill on Charlie Taylor? And then in the celebrations, um, trying to do a Kung Fu kick into Patrick Bamford's <laughs> back, which was um, a curious way of celebrating the goal, but... Rafinha is Rafinha. What's um, the Brazilian martial art? Is it capoeira? It's called something like that. That's the that's a drink, isn't it? Is it? Is it a form of dance slash? Uh, it could be slash, actually, uh, a Maybe that's the the thing is you never know with Rafinha whether whether he's dancing or um, executing a vicious martial art upon you. But he was good in both, and yeah, the I'd been growing sort of frustrated with Bamford throughout the game because we kept when we got good. I think the last sort of 20 minutes, 25 minutes with Roberts and Shackleton, who against Everton as well, impetus. Um, Shackleton in particular down the right, Rafinha seems to just fucking love him in ways that he doesn't like. Luke Ayling and put releasing him into the box and they were exchanging the ball together. And um, did this, is this the one that he came from a quick throw in, didn't it? Where Rafinha took the throw in dead quickly when Shackleton wanted to calm it down. Or was that the missed chance? Anywho, they were having a great time together and we kept pinging the balls in often from the other side. Harrison and Dallas, they started playing um, right in Burnley's corner flag. And we're putting all these boxes, um, all these low pullbacks and crosses in the six yard box. And at one point I asked if we could not sign Gary Lineker because you, you just wanted that little bit of instinct of just get a toe on that or get in front of them. Even Bam- north of 60 or whatever he is now. Yeah, Bamford style. And it's a style thing, rather. It's it, one of those things where you kind of you end up being frustrated by, by a striker playing one way. And you realise, well, no striker can play all ways. They can't do everything. So Bamford is good at his the things he's good at. And you just wish he could just... Because we put so many balls into that situation. If he could just elbow me, not me, <laughs> if he could elbow me and get there first and just get a toe on it and it just flies into the front post before the, the keeper can move. Those kind of things never seem to be in him. He seems to want it. As it turned out to be, if you can just put it on his toe two yards from the goal, he'll put it in. Or you put it on his, like that Leicester goal last season when you put it, you put him through 20 yards from goal and, and he rattles it into the top corner. There's, and that's why Burnley make it quite difficult for him to perform because there's not the space in the box all the time that he seems to prefer to, to be able to score. So we were kind of making, making the chances that a Gary Lineker or somebody like that would have um, scored Three of. Do you think somebody more modern than Lineker might have uh, been all right at that? Well, I don't know. Drogba or... I don't know who does play like that really anymore. I may just be harking back to a, another a dream, but... Um, Eddie and Ketia was the name I mentioned while we were watching it. But the uh, but it's... We do that a lot and Bielsa talked about how cutting back from the byline is... It creates a lot of goals, but it's quite difficult to score City do it all the time. Manchester City do it to specify which one. And it's always about you're always looking for deflections and pings and then somebody comes in and, and finish it. There's, I don't know, 
whether it's because of those rules where contact has kind of been frowned upon for a long time that you you don't have that kind of physical presence in a six yard box anymore. Um, so what I'm saying is, uh, <laughs> what are you saying? Open goal on the line is the ideal. You, you want goal. somebody to goal hang? Is what you used to the sort of thing that kids would tell each other off for in the playground. Well, that's it. I mean, Bamford has to work himself, work his socks off all over the pitch, and that was um, true of him today. And you know, after his cameo against Peru uh, when he was setting goals up, um, it's good that he got this one, and maybe about time that he not about time that he scored one in terms of like he's been slacking off, not scoring, but. When we're looking at our season so far in general, um, we haven't got a league win yet, but we've got our main number nine. He's got a goal and contracts and England call-up, so maybe that will spark him into more. And what else is coming? Because form seems to be the the interesting thing, because you can't really account for form is a mystery, mm. isn't it? Everybody must stand alone when it comes to form. And... This is feels like the first time since that period when we got done four one by um, Leicester City and Crystal Palace City at the start of last season. We've not really had a spell of bad form in the Premier League. This could be it. Mm. And so, if there's still signs, well, we get we get a point at Burnley anyway. Bamford gets a goal. We didn't play great. Ailing looks a bit off it. Harrison didn't have a good day. Rodrigo looks anonymous, but Shackleton looks good. Tyler Roberts comes on and looks good. And then you've got. COVID as the general excuse and the lack of transfers as a fear, it all kind of melds together into a feeling where we're probably not going to get relegated because it'll sort itself out and we'll be fine. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
I thought we were denied space in all the areas that we uh, tend to play in today. I was just thinking about it, talking about the effectiveness of Rafinha and Jackie, and neither of them really massively got into the game until very late on when Rafinha was involved in the goal, and obviously Shackleton came in and zhuzhed things up on that on that right-hand side, but they seem to deny us a lot of space. I noticed, you know, normally we do that thing where the fullback will go and then give it to somebody inside, he'll pass it back, we're playing those little triangles down the touchline. We didn't see any of that today, and Burnley denied us space there on, like, on, the, on the fringes of the pitch. So um, We did can, towards the end. When well, they started to tire and the game got stretched. Yeah, we we found the energy. Maybe that we should we maybe we should have gone behind earlier, so the game opened up a little bit for us. Well, maybe it's just it's that inverse Joe Cole effect where he thinks that we um, we collapse exhausted with uh, twenty minutes to go, whereas in fact that's when our training and uh, strength and conditioning comes into its own. Have you seen um, Sean Dyche's comments? No. I mean, they're on Slack. If Sean is in the room, um, then Sean can can read what he's already said. And <laughs> I'm not in the mood for Deitch. I feel depressed. But let's see. Let's give it a go anyway. Give the people is in the mood for Deitch. Give the people what they want. So Deitch. I mean, Deitch. To, you know, to be fair to him, he's he seems quite happy um, with a point against uh, against Leeds. So uh, sh- should we hear from him? My laptop was working. You know. What, what well, is, why does that this, mean they're only, they're only Dyche's thoughts? What's that got to do with your laptop? Are you trying to play the audio out? Is that the problem? Just to uh... yeah, I'll just I'll just I'll just press play it now. A tricky side to play against. There wasn't much in front of our goal. Nice good as stuffy goal. That doesn't make sense. Don't get me wrong. We'll take one of them <coughs> over the season. Thanks, Sean. A stuffy goal. Yeah. Hmm. Isn't it like a nose normally stuffy? Bit of a stuffy nose throat there. sounds like Trevor I mean, Francis, but he's got some stuffy goals. <laughs> if anybody has an issue with Qatar, the mm. mucus you style, not you, the country. You shouldn't have explained that because it already worked. <sighs> do, you know, do you know what it feels like today? And, and that sight, I think, is is the embodiment of it. it feels I've, I've been left feeling a bit aggy, just a little mm. bit annoyed. My back's up. I'm a little bit irritated by what's happened there because we're better than that. I, th- I don't know. I didn't like it from the start. We shouldn't have been in blue today. That we should have been in all white. <laughs> I didn't like the team. To begin with, I have to say, I don't like the change. I didn't like the children on the bench. The COVID. The COVID, that's bad. I think, did Click already had COVID over summer or did he not have it in the end? When he was with Poland, he, um, he, had, a pos- he had a positive test and then a negative test, didn't he? Yeah, and then, yes. So he had all kinds of faffing about there. But, um, I mean, he put the picture of his test on um, Instagram, I think it was. It's a funny one because you alluded to transfers before I think, unless it was on one of our false starts that I'm not supposed to refer to, mm-hmm. but um, that didn't happen. The fears of us not having done enough in the the transfer market is kind of. I don't necessarily feel that way. I think we're fine. I think because and for the following reasons, we've strengthened in midfield by signing Junior Furpo, which means Stuart Dallas can be a full time midfielder. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily need uh, another midfielder or Lewis O'Brien or whoever gets comes up as name because we've we've actually added something there that at the start of last season we didn't have. So, of course, what goes and bloody happens, positive COVID tests for both Matches Click and Junior Furpo. So those are the two players, midfield and left-back, out at one fell swoop. And um, I do wonder, like the flip side, to my comfort with where we are transfer-wise and Bielsa's obvious insistence that he'll only have the right player and he's fine with it is... If you maybe say, Marcelo, we are still in a pandemic and they're all getting ill. So maybe maybe just one or two more to cover. And if it was a normal season, you could maybe say, you know, it's fine. There won't be the injuries. Stuart Dallas can 
cover, but here's the evidence that kind of maybe there's more going on. And so maybe more um, spare players might be beneficial. But then we also, we know what's going to happen. What did we have today when we're down to sort of bare bones, which is two substitutions, Tyler Roberts and Jamie Shackles. And the only surprise is that Helder Costa didn't come on at some point. So there's that great consistency remains the same. Um, yeah, so, but then also what are the odds that it would be Furpo and Click? So the two uh, positions that we're most worried about because we only have one left back and I then think, we don't I think have the Calvin, Phillip, field. the Calvin Phillips position is quite a worry. I well, that was, and then he had to move today to take over from uh, Click. So then Stroik, we played as the back three. So it was all kind of mm. moving around. He wasn't in his usual. When we go three at the back, we haven't got Phillips in that um, dropping in between the defenders thing. So what are, but you know, may, what are the chances of that happening? And maybe um, they'll be fine after this and they'll play the rest of the season. Stuart Dallas can just, you know, sit on the bench. Got a couple of days left of the transfer window, Michael. Should we? I think we should make some panic buys. You think? Who, who would you panic buy? Um, John Scales and Thomas Scaravi. Okay. Uh, what about Dan James if he becomes available? I mean, he's playing for Man United as we speak in the game against Wolves. Let's not buy Dan James. But he'd be dead. Look, he'd be dead quick and run down the, down the line fast. Run down the line and out of play. He was he was very obviously Man United's worst player when we played them. Does he not just need some coaching? Maybe, by, by a but, man who likes him and but all the others, all their other players were dead good. <laughs> yeah. So why was he not as good? I don't know. I I don't think. I also don't think like a winger is. I don't think it should be our top priority. I think the centre midfield is where there is a, a bigger gap because mm. potentially with complete blind faith, I actually think like I would quite like to see Somerville play or not Costa. Mm. Um, just just Somerville probably, but I don't. Know. It feels like it's a position where you can carry people in the team a little bit more, whereas when you've got someone who is in and out of a game in central midfield or just out of the game as Rodrigo was today it just feels like you're left completely wide open that said Lewis Bates has looked alright for the under 23s mm. so far and he, I, but he doesn't play them and he I, doesn't play them does he well it's a long season and he could wasn't it um, your mate Angus Kinnear who sitting in this chair said that it's a two year process for um, a lot of the under 23s players but Bates coming in, we think he can make an impact in the first team this season. So a lot of the players that were like Greenwood, Gelhart, even Somerville, who we signed at the start of last season, they are now on the bench. And I think they must be in. Well, we know that Bielsa's preference is, I have this many players, first team squad, and then it's players from the under-23s who I then turn to when they're not available and they can force them their way in. So this is the season and we are only three games in mm-hmm. so um, it would may- maybe be a bit much to have to have seen us playing a team that had Somerville Greenwood Gelhart Bate um, Dremer as uh, <laughs> I can never get out alright all right, Neil I can never get out of the Colin habit of calling in Dremer um, all in at once Charlie Creswell on the bench again as, as well today you're not going to see them all in after three games but how many games are in the Premier League season like 38 right that's plenty um, so maybe we see them starting to come and if that gap does appear around November time in um, in the season with finally injuries, COVID, just general upset has emptied our midfield of options. Lewis Bates can stand alone having spent some time learning what he's supposed to do at mm-hmm. Leeds. So there, there is stuff there and it's still... Just, it feels flimsy, Mark well, Moscow. Prob- it feels the, flimsy. But the problem now is that if we sign somebody in the next two days 
they'll be dismissed as a panic signing because it's a response to where the season has, has begun so far. Um, I, don't, and, I don't care. And if it's Dan James, it'll be even worse because he doesn't solve any of the problems that we have. So I'd, it might in the long term... Sign him and put him in midfield. Yeah, it might in the long term be that, you know, the, the perfect player um, is there, but this is less about... I like it's maybe less about finding the right player for the squad at this point, more about calming everybody down. And I don't think there is an option now uh, at this stage in the transfer window to calm everybody down because if we don't sign somebody, a lot of people are going to panic. If we sign somebody, people will say that's a panic signing. And if we sign the wrong player, people, everybody will be upset. So it's very difficult to kind of go into the last three days. Um, and Bielsa, I think he said to this evening uh, that he doesn't think anybody's going to be um, coming in. Uh, he thinks not, Adam Pope says, when asked if there will be any incomings by the end of the transfer window. So it seems like it's almost a redundant discussion anyway because Bielsa ain't having it. Um, Our last two results are not in isolation bad. Like Everton are a good side. We played pretty well, got a point. Burnley is the traditional tough place to go. Their style clashes quite badly with ours, I would suggest, for, for creating an open game. I know we, we did them last season. But like, you, it's like mixing it. Milk and orange juice, isn't it? If you remember the home game last season, though, we did win, but we were pretty lucky to do so. They yeah. they were they had actually had the better chances that day. It's just that it's the start of the season and there are no wins on the board for us yet. If this was if this was a game that was happening in March and we were eleventh and we'd just drawn, we'd all be going, Ah, it was a crap game, never mind, yeah. we move on. Liverpool next. It just it just feels like because we've not yet won a game in the league this season, it feels like a very mini sort of crisis. We'll beat Liverpool. We'll we'll do something stupid like beat Liverpool. Same as we did last season. That's the thing, isn't it? We had we had the easy start last year, didn't we? When it was uh where are our results from the start of last season? So Liverpool away, win. <laughs> Fulham Fulham home, Sheffield United. So we won both of those and they both ended up being relegated. And then a draw with Manchester City, which was unexpected. And then what today felt like actually was that 1-0 defeat at home to Wolves that we had last October, which was game f- one, two, three, <laughs> five. Ah, fair enough. It felt like that, didn't it? And Wolves, mid-table... Shouldn't be as good at us as as good as us because they're wolves and we're leads and they're Burnley and, and we're leads. Um, and then actually we went straight from that to right. We had the big Bamford show hat trick against Villa, but then Leicester four one, Palace four one, Arsenal nil nil. We had that back to being good away to Everton. Then we lost three one to Chelsea, one two to West Ham. So it never really settled down until sort of October, November, did it? Yeah, I think we have, I'm looking at it on um, Wikipedia's page of results from last season and um, it's only after March where you see a lot of green and yellow up until that point and that means green is wins, win. yep. yellow is a draw. Up until that point, it is just uh, two red, one green, two red, one green, a yeah. couple of green, a couple of red. So I think there's maybe a bit, a bit of um, rose-tinted um, perception of last season because of how it ended so strongly and so brilliantly and we were smacking Burnley around 4-0 um, and beating Spurs 3-1 but this does feel this doesn't feel dissimilar to some of what was happening at the start of last season just it would be nice to have um, a 4-3 over Fulham and a 1-0 over Sheffield United although even that we had to wait for the 88th minute for um, Bamford to score to get that winner against um, Sheffield United and remember they were Terrible. Although we didn't That's know, Chris we didn't, Wilders. We didn't know that at that point, did we? They were still 
I mean, they were chronic from the start. Come on. I won't, I won't have any rose-tinted uh, recollection of Sheffield United season last season. They were amongst the worst that I've seen. Heckingbottom improved them in the end. Did he? I think uh, what I will say Maybe is I think didn't. we just need to get a win, don't we? Once we've got that first win, we can all breathe and say, ah, it's going to be fine again. It's just if we continue to go on without winning, and there's a chance we will lose against Liverpool, but we just everyone just needs to keep it together, don't they? That's on the plus the side, I would normally say that this international break this early in the season is really annoying, but actually it means... Furpo and Click should be back for that game as well, mm. which will help things as yeah. long as they're not still struggling with COVID. Which you know, I think it's the, we we do slightly dismiss it with football yeah. as well. It's like yeah, it's just a, it's just almost like a they need to get the for the paperwork. They've got to have some time out, but you know, you don't know how badly affected they actually are by it. But yeah, mm. there is there is at least a chance they will both be playing in that game. Well, let's settle in for the grind then. And actually, I'm I'm looking forward to the transfer window being shut just so we know what we're dealing with and what we're facing. So we'll um. We'll reconvene on Tuesday. We'll do propaganda and hear from that Burnley maniac with the uh, the teardrops. He's a nice fellow, and uh, <laughs> and um, I don't I don't know if he's actually uh, he, he might be he might be inside. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's still doing <laughs> his sta- inside the stadium. Inside, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a chat on the main show as well. So join us for that. Thanks for listening to this. We'll see you in a bit. The match ball. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 